You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome to Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. I am your host, Allie McLennan, and I am here to demystify grooming for the average pet owner. I'm going to let you know what you can do at home and what you should maybe leave to your neighborhood groomer. So, for this first episode, I wanted to cover the basics of grooming for you. Just the facts, ma'am. I am going to cover a lot of ground this week. So, first, I'm going to tell you the top 10 things that every pet owner should know about home grooming. And I'm going to give you some tips along the way. So then later in the show, I'm going to answer the top 10 questions that every professional groomer gets in their shop. So get out a pen and a paper and get ready to take some notes. And we'll be right back after these messages from our sponsors. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Petco, where the pets go. Petco, where the pets go. Pet Life Radio has tail wagging, fur flying, fabulous deals for our listeners from Petco. Get $6 off your order of $60 or more and up to 40% off the entire Petco site. That's right. But that's not all. Because you're a Pet Life Radio listener, you'll also get free shipping on your order of $49 or more. $6 off, up to 40% off, and free shipping from Pet Life Radio and Petco. To get these awesome deals, go to PetcoDeals.com. That's PetcoDeals.com. Petco, where the pets go. I'm not much of a reader, but I do wish I were more well-read. There are so many great books coming out. I wish I could find a way to keep up. Audible.com makes it easy to stay well-informed and catch up on your reading simply by listening. Audiobooks from Audible turn downtime into uptime. You'll be more productive and become well-read. Now I'm able to catch up on all the great books I've been wanting to read. With Audible, I feel smarter. Pet Life Radio listeners, try Audible.com now and get your first 30 days of Audible Listener Gold Membership plan free. And get a free audiobook. Choose from over 100,000 titles. To get this great deal, go to audibledeals.com. That's audibledeals.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Groom for Improvement on Pet Life Radio. I'm your host and professional groomer, Allie McLennan, and we are covering the basics today. So right now, I want to get to the top 10 things that every pet owner should know about home grooming. There's so many questions and there's so much that you can do at home for your pet to have a happier and healthier household. So first of all, 
keeping your pet calm during home grooming. There's so many things that I've learned along the way and that your neighborhood groomer does by rote without even thinking that sometimes we don't think to give you this advice at home. But there are three things that are scientifically proven to lower your pet's heart rate and calm your pet down and make grooming easier for you. And so these three things are classical music, now, I'm thinking more Pachelbel than Beethoven's Ninth. Sometimes if you just find a little bit of type in Pachelbel into your Pandora and the music that's going to come after that will be scientifically to not only lower your pet's heart rate and calm your pet down, but also it's going to lower your heart rate, calm you down. And we all know that when you have a calm groomer, you have a calm pet and it's going to make everything a little bit easier for you. Now, the next thing that will calm both of you down is the scent of lavender. Aromatherapy is a holistic way that is proven by science to calm your pet down. It's going to make everything easier for you. I find that in my shop, a few lavender plants around, you can place one in front of a fan. Even the Glade plugins with the lavender scent really make a huge difference. So add a little bit of that into the space where you're grooming, and it's going to make a great difference for you and your pet. Now, the last thing that will calm your pet down is a high pitch soothing way of speaking or baby talk. As annoying as this may be to you or the people that are around you, actually baby talk is going to calm your pet down and make everything calmer. So if you can integrate these three things before you ever start grooming into your routine, you're going to have a lot of success with the next tips um, that I'm going to give you. Okay, so the next thing that I want every homeowner to know, the number nine most important thing to know about home grooming is nail care. This is something that everyone asks me about. So I'm going to give you a couple tips to make sure that your pet's nails are kept safe. So what happens if you don't clip your pet's nails? They can grow over and affect the gait of your pet, affecting joints and the way your pet walks and really the health of the nail beds. So you want to keep those under control. So In a perfect world, you would clip the nails as far back as you can every four to six weeks. But as we know, this is not always possible. So I'm going to make it a little bit easier on you. So after a bath, when the nails are soft and supple, you're going to get those little scissor trimmers. They sort of look like scissors. You find them for cats a lot in a small size, and those are great for small dogs. But what a lot of people don't know is with a little bit of searching on PetEdge.com or any sort of big box pet store, you can find those scissor trimmers for larger dogs and medium-sized dogs. You're looking for this. They sort of look like scissors, and they have a hole for your index finger and for your thumb. These are much easier for the home groomer, and this is why. So what you want to do, especially with black nails, is you want to start trimming at the tip of the nail so that you never hit the quick. When the nails are soft and supple, right after the bath, start at the tip. Take one little tip off, another little tip off, another little tip off, and you can see with clear nails when you're about to hit the quick, but with black nails, you're looking for a tiny little dot right in the middle of the nail, and that's when you know you're about to hit the quick. It's much harder to do when you have those big sort of um, manual scissors, those guillotine clippers, or those great big heavy-duty sort of uh, like ratchet clippers. These little nail clippers are so easy for the home groomer. So instead of doing this every six weeks and hoping you hit the right point, try to do this every single week and just take the tips off. You'll never have a problem. 
you'll never have a uh, hit the quick, in which case your dog or your cat is going to be much more amenable to grooming because they know that they never get hurt. My last tip about nail care is keeping the clippers, the nail clippers, right next to the treats. So every time you reach for the clippers, the dog associates that or the cat associates that with their favorite treat. It's going to make everything go a lot easier in your house. And this has proven to be great with my clients. Okay, so my next, my number eight tip for the home groomer is brush outs. Now, depending on breed, this is something that you really have to do with every breed. So if you have a drop coat breed, like a Maltese, a Havanese, something where the where there's no undercoat and the coat, you know, grows straight to the ground, you really are going to want to brush your dog out every day to every other day. And this is the equipment that you need. You're going to need a slicker brush and a steel comb. Now, my greatest advice to the home groomer is you're going to want to try out all of your equipment on yourself so that you know exactly how it feels like so that you could be extremely empathetic when you try it on your pet. People always wonder, why is my pet squirming and fighting me? Then you try, you know, a slicker brush on yourself, you understand how it feels. You have a little bit better idea about what your pet is going through. So what you want to do is try your slicker brush out on your arm, on the inside of your arm, right where your elbow is on the inside. And that'll be a good, you know, that's very sensitive skin there. Very similar to the skin on your dog or your cat. So you're going to see how sort of abrasive that steel slicker brush can be. By the way, the slicker brushes are those long, flat brushes with all of the little wire needles that poke through. That's a slicker brush. That's the first thing you're going to want to buy. So when you realize that, when you brush your dog or your cat out once a week or once a day, depending on the breed, you want to make sure that you brush the cat with the grain of the coat or the dog with the grain of the coat and never actually touch the skin. What can happen if you touch the skin is something that groomers call brush burn. Now, brush burn is sort of a red, irritated spot where those wires have irritated the cat or the dog. It's something you want to avoid. It takes a little practice and better to do it on yourself than your cat or your dog, of course. So every other day for, say, a poodle, a shih tzu, a Persian, or if you want to do it once a week on your short hair cat or your Jack Russell to avoid shedding, these are great ideas. After that, you want to follow with a steel comb. This is going to get out the rest of that dead hair and just make sure that you run all of the oils through the coat to leave not only the coat soft and supple, but also get the oils away from the coat so they don't clog up any of those the follicles that are going to eliminate all of the problems and store up some dander and all of that. So a brush out is a great idea for a home groomer. It's going to save you a lot of time, a lot of shedding, and a lot of problems with skin conditions. You might also want to try a little bit of spray glosser that you can find at any big box pet store. It's going to make your brush outs a little easier, make the skin healthy, and just give an Oliver sheen to your dog. Now, if you're doing this to a husky, a dog, or a cat that sheds a lot, you can follow it with a deshedding blade. And you can find those with the Furminator brand. You can get those big loop kinds that you sort of see for horses. Those work great as well to eliminate any sort of undercoat. And we'll get into that a little bit later. So the number seven thing that I want every home pet owner to know is about bathing. So first of all, 
when you're bathing your pet or your cat or even your ferret, I want you to brush your pet out first. And the reason for this is if your dog or your cat has mats, those nasty little dreadlock things that come up on your pet, you cannot get the skin underneath that mat clean without uh, dematting it first. The other problem is when you get a mat wet and then dry it, it gets worse. So you're making the problem terrible if you're going to bathe your pet before dematting it. So make sure that you brush and then comb your pet out completely. Get that excess hair off, get those mat off, and then worry about bathing it. The other thing I want to tell every home groomer about is pet shampoo versus human shampoo. Now, you never, ever want to use a human shampoo on your cat or your dog. And the reason is this. Cats and dogs don't sweat like people sweat. We don't get rid of our toxins the same way that our cats and our dogs do. So you think about after you've had a long walk with your dog or after your cat has played in your house for many hours, they're never dripping with sweat like we are. They get rid of their toxins through their kidneys and through their bowels. So they actually need a much gentler shampoo than we do. You think it might be the opposite because they get so dirty. And you might think that you are really pampering your pet by using your pricey, expensive human products on them. But actually, it's a much too harsh a product because human skin has a pH balance of about 7.5. And water, plain old water, has a pH balance of about 7. So in comparison, your cat, your dog, your ferret has a pH balance of about 5.5, which is very, very sensitive, can dry out so easily just from plain water, even worse with shampoo. In my shop, I get this a lot. Someone will bring their dog or their cat in. They'll be like, all of a sudden, they're shedding terribly. And I'll say, do you bathe them at home? And the pet owner says, yes, and I use Pantene. And I will say, well, that's the problem. They'll say, well, no, it couldn't possibly be the problem because I've used Pantene on my dog for three years now. And I'll say, exactly. Over the course of time, you ruin what's called the acid mantle by using these harsh products. So while you might not see a difference on the first or second shampoo that you, when you use a human product, you will eventually wear down that acid mantle, make the skin dry, and make the fur shed. So the first thing you want to do is buy a very good, gentle pet shampoo. And these days, pet shampoos are very prevalent. You just go one aisle over at Target or Walmart and you can find a great product. My next tip about bathing at home is to use lukewarm to room temperature water. Pets are very sensitive to hot water. It'll dry the skin out. It'll cause irritations or further irritate already irritated skin. So make sure that the water is a little cooler than you would want for your own shower, but it's going to be just perfect for your dog or your cat if it's lukewarm. Make sure you put some cotton balls in the ears. You don't want any dripping in. Tilt the nose up so that they don't get any, you know, problems with inhaling the water because, you know, they can't regulate that for themselves. So you have to make sure you do that for them. Now, a lot of times, a lot of places where home groomers get tripped up is drying. Make sure, as hard as this is, that your cat, your dog, your hamster is completely dry after bathing. A lot of people, you know, enjoy watching their pet run around when it's all wet. It's so fun. However, 
This is going to worsen those red yeast infections, fungal infections. It's going to tighten the mats. And it's also, it's going to make them shed worse because you can't get any of that dry, nasty undercoat off than you would when you dry. So as hard as it is, you want to make sure that your pet is completely dry afterwards. Now, this is harder than it sounds. I completely understand that. I have two tips for you. The first of all is to brush your pet out after the bath in front of a big box dryer. So after the bath, turn on one of those big fans, just a great big fan that you would have in your house, and brush them out until they're completely dry. Now, if you don't have one of those big box fans, or perhaps your dog or your cat is a little intimidated by that big fan, take a hair dryer, like a human hair dryer that has a cool setting, and you're going to hold it under your chin, almost like a violin. Point it to your dog or your cat where you're brushing, and hold the dog or the cat with one hand, the brush in the other, and you've got the cool setting on the hair dryer pointed at where you're brushing until the cat or the dog is completely dry and it's going to look just like you got it from the groomer after it's over. Now, the reason that you want to use a fan or a hair dryer with a cool setting is that animals are so sensitive to hot temperatures. You never want to use a warm or a hot setting on a cat or a dog. It's going to irritate the skin. It's going to scare them. It's really not a good idea. So those are my tips for drying, and it's going to make a huge difference in your home grooming. Now, here's one of the biggest things I always get from homeowners is mats. Ugh, the worst, right? Now, Why does your groomer have to shave down your dog? We're going to get to that in the next segment of this show. But right now, this is when you can demat. If you can hold the mat in your hand away from the skin of your cat or your dog, that's when you can take care of it yourself without having to see a professional groomer to have it shaved down. If you can hold it away from the skin, you're going to want these three products. First of all, put a little bit of cornstarch into the mat. This is something that every professional groomer uses. It's an ingredient used in every dematting solution that's sold. These little tiny little sand-like pellets of cornstarch work into that mat and make it very easy to brush out. So put a little bit of cornstarch into the mat, rub it around, get your slicker brush. Now you're holding the mat in your hand that's coated in a little bit of cornstarch. You're going to brush it through with the slicker brush until it sort of gives way a little bit. After it gives way, you're going to take what's called a mat breaker. You can find this at any big box pet store. It's a little instrument with three blades on it. If you Google the name mat breaker, M-A-T hyphen breaker, you're going to find a million different things that you can buy. You're going to slice it in the middle with that mat breaker. Always remembering that mat breaker never touches the skin of your dog or your cat. It only touches the skin of your hand. You slice it there. After you've sliced it a little bit, the mat Take your slicker brush again, brush that a little bit more. It should be very loosened up. Then you take your steel comb, brush it through, and that is how a professional groomer gets rid of a mat. You'll have no holes in the coat, and it's much easier on your dog. Now, the difference between a mat and a pelt is if all those mats work together and they cause a huge area of mats, that's called a pelt. Now, that's something that you want to take to a professional groomer and you want to have your dog or cat shaved down at that point. It's just kinder, more humane to your pet. You're going to want to start all over again with your daily brush out so it never happens again. So another thing that I think is great to know about home grooming is a lot of people want to get their kids involved in grooming, which sounds great. Um, I think that that's not really the best idea. I say a rule of thumb 
when your child is old enough to babysit you know, other children, when you trust them to be alone with children and they have that sort of experience of empathy, that might be a good time to get them involved in grooming. But I would say an eight or a nine-year-old, it's a little too early to trust them with an animal. Not that they don't have the best of intentions and not that the animal doesn't love them. I, as a professional groomer, I know how many things can go wrong and how quickly. And I know that it's very hard to understand what you're doing to another animal as much as you want to help those great of intentions, I think it's a good idea that you really sort of leave grooming to, I would say, 13 or above. But again, you know your child. If you have an extremely responsible 12-year-old who understands pets, who understands using equipment on them first, who is very sort of aware of what's happening with the animal and what you can do, that's when I think you could trust them to brush out or, you know, maybe teeth brushing, which I'm going to get to in a moment. But I think that involving your six or seven-year-old in grooming, you really want to relegate them to maybe having you hand them the equipment, I think is a great way to get them involved. Perhaps speaking baby talk to the animal to calm them down. Being in charge of the classical music is a great way to get them involved. But I think you really want to make sure that your kids are kids and they don't have to deal with the repercussions of perhaps an injured animal. Or you don't want your pet to be scared of your child and grooming. If you've ever seen a professional groomer walk down the street in New York City, for example, when I've ever walked past a dog that I've groomed, they... (laughs) they go the other way, believe me, because they don't want their nails trimmed. So you don't want that relationship in your home so early on, I think is a great idea. So I also have a couple tips about handling. So here's a couple tips handling in your house. You always want to have like a towel or a bath mat under your dog or your cat so that when they want to dig their nails into something, they're going to dig their nails into that towel or that bath mat and not you. Also, the sort of scraping and and floundering around when your dog is on a smooth surface you know how they sort of look like they're walking on pencils trying to get away from you there are so many things that can go wrong they can slip they can injure themselves and a towel or a bath mat is a great way to avoid that so there's also two acupressure points that a lot of professional groomers use that i'd love to share with you so right on the sternum where your dog or your cat's right on the chest. If you rub right there, that actually releases endorphins. It's a great idea to calm them down. So if your dog has a terrible time with nail cutting, bring a friend in. This is a great place to have, you know, uh, two people working on your cat or your dog, and, and it really calms them down. So have somebody rub the sternum of your dog, release those endorphins, and nine times out of ten, it makes nail clipping goes so much easier. Also great if there's like a mat on the tail or something. You're trying to get that mat out. The dog will not calm down. Bring somebody else in. Have them rub the chest. Works every time. I learned that when I was doing Underdog to Wonder Dog on Animal Planet. A vet that was a specialist in acupressure pointed that out to me and also told me the reason why, which is a little disturbing, but I'll share it with you. When dogs play and, uh, you know, when they hump, you know, there's a physiological response. It puts them in a good mood. That sternum is rubbed. <laughs> it puts them in a good mood. And it really works to the benefit of professional groomers everywhere. And the next thing I want to share with you, the other acupressure point that I've learned works great in my shop is on a dog, rubbing right underneath their eyes on either side of their nose calms them down intensely. If everything just gets a little bit too much, rub them there right under the eyes, sort of where the tear stains would form is a great rule of thumb. Rub a little bit, that calms them down, and um, you can start all over at that point. So those are two sort of holistic 
ways to calm your dog down while grooming. So the very last thing I want to share with everyone about home grooming before we get into the top 10 questions that groomers get asked is the number one thing I want everyone to do for their pet at home is brush their teeth. Now, I know this sounds so silly, brushing your cat or your dog's teeth. It sounds sort of insane and like you're really over pampering, but it's really the most important thing. You know, the two thirds out of every pet has periodontal gum disease. The bacteria will seed down to the internal organs and affect you know, the health of your entire animal. Also, if your cat's teeth are not clean and the gums are sore, they will not groom themselves properly. Any animal whose mouth is sore is not going to nurse themselves properly. It really is the most important thing for the beauty, the happiness, and the overall health of your pet. And I'm going to make it very easy on you. Instead of using one of those big, obtrusive, human-looking toothbrushes that were designed for humans, not for pets, I want you to get a little bit of medical gauze, sort of like you use on a wound. It's textured, and you can wrap it around your index finger. Now, after you have this medical gauze wrapped around your index finger, take a little bit of enzyme toothpaste for pets. It comes in all sorts of flavors. It comes in liver, I find is very popular, chicken, beef. The enzymes in this toothpaste start to kill the bacteria immediately. Now, just if you can get that in the mouth at all is going to do some sort of service. But once you have this gauze around your fingertips and you have a little bit of the enzyme toothpaste, you're going to want to put your finger in your pet's mouth just around the teeth and the gums and rub little tiny circles. This is so much easier than using one of those big toothpaste because it tastes good. Your pet will let you do it and the massage in their gums feels great. And they'll let you do it because it doesn't feel like they're getting their teeth brushed at all. And then once you, you pull your finger out of your pet's mouth, you will see all the plaque that shows up on that little bit of medical gauze. In a perfect world, you're going to want to do this every day. But I don't know anyone that does. If you can get this done once or twice a week, you're really, really going to be helping your pet out for a life of very healthy life of you and your dog. So we're going to continue with this introduction to home grooming right after these messages when I will answer the top 10 questions that professional groomers get from their clients. The two-legged ones, I mean, not the four-legged ones. So we'll be back in a moment. Sit. Stay. We'll be right back after a short pause. Well, four to be exact. Every pet is unique. Maybe they're gray in the muzzle, yet young at heart. Maybe they're growing out of the puppy stage and into their paws and ears. Or maybe they're just trying to maintain a more girlish figure. At PetSmart, we have the right food for your pet at a great value for you. PetSmart. Be better together. Go to PetSmartDeal.com and save up to 30% on awesome gifts for the pets and pet people in your life. Toys, collars, leashes, PetSmart gift cards, treats, and more. Go to PetSmartDeal.com today. P-E-T-S-M-A-R-T-D-E-A-L.com. 
Dyson. The new Dyson Animal Vacs are powerful bagless upright vacuums for homes with pets. Air muscle and radio root cyclone technology generates the strongest suction power to powerfully remove dust, dirt, and pet hair from the home or car. To order your Dyson Animal Vac, go to DysonDeals.com. DysonDeals.com to order your Dyson Animal Vac today. Dyson. Music to your ears. Love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive? They are at 1-800-PET-MEDS. You'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications, but on prescriptions for arthritis, incontinence, thyroid, and more. And you get fast service, free shipping, and a 100% satisfaction guarantee. Plus, our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy, monitor drug interaction, and more. See why over 5 million people have trusted their pet's health to 1-800-PET-MEDS, America's largest pet pharmacy. Call now or order online. Go to PetMeds.com forward slash Lucky, L-U-C-K-Y, to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PetMeds.com. This year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to Groom for Improvement. I'm your host, Allie McLennan. For the next half of the show, I would like to answer the top 10 questions that groomers get asked constantly. So these are the questions that I get asked every single day, not only in my shop, but whenever someone finds out that I'm a groomer at a party or out for drinks or on the street or in the park, someone will always sheepishly want to ask me one of these questions. It's always one of these questions. So let's start out with number 10. What is a puppy cut? It sounds, you know, very simple. It sounds lovely. But what exactly is a puppy cut? So many people have so many different ideas of what this is. So a puppy cut to most groomers means this. Are you ready? No matter what breed of dog you have. A puppy cut looks like, in my opinion and the opinion of many of my grooming friends, what a Shih Tzu puppy looks like. And that means about an inch of fluffy hair all over. And the face looks like a teddy bear and the ears are cubbed. A lot of people sort of think that means what their dog looked like as a puppy, but that's not really how groomers interpret it. So you can be very specific and say, I want my dog as short as possible all over. And that means one thing, but a lot of times you say to me, I want a puppy cut. Your dog comes back fluffy and looking like a teddy bear. You say, no, 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 it's not what my dog looked like as a puppy. So that is exactly to a professional groomer what a puppy cut means. 
So if you say, I want a puppy cut, but much shorter, then you can start the discussion. But a lot of people, this happens so often, you drop your dog off and you say, I want a puppy cut. It comes back far too fluffy. So that will clear up that. And I think that that is a great idea when you talk to your groomer to really specify what you think a puppy cut is. It can mean a million different things. And there's no rules with pet clips, by the way. Anything you want, it's your money, your money's good, and your groomer really wants to please you. Here's the number nine question that I always get asked at the shop. Why can't I watch you groom? Why can't you come down into the shop with me and hang out and keep, you know, make sure that your dog is safe? And here's the reason why for that. So when I am down with a dog in my shop, we have a very different relationship than you have with your dog in your house. Your dog knows all your tricks and your cat knows, especially your cat knows all your tricks. They're going to be lunging for you, reaching for you, trying everything that they're going to try to get the attention that they want. They're going to be climbing up on you if you're anywhere in the room. They're going to be desperate for your attention. Now, these are things that don't happen when I'm alone with the cat or the dog. It's a very different situation because I don't live with them 24-7. So you might think, that you're keeping your dog or your cat much safer by coming down to the room with me. But it's actually different. I'm working with sharpened steel cobalt equipment. I'm handling the dog or the cat in a manner that, you know, to keep them safe. And they're going to be reaching for you, lunging for you, desperate for your attention. You know, wherever you fall, wherever you go in the room, they'll be turning their head. And I need to keep that cat or that dog still on the table because it's, you know, that's a very different space than your house. So while I totally understand you have the best of intentions coming down and trying to help with the grooming, it actually would be much safer and quicker if you let the groomer have their own space with the cat or the dog. Now, that being said, a lot of people, when they drop their cat or their dog off the groomer, that animal is so nervous and upset. But if you ask your groomer, and I'm sure your groomer says this all the time, once they get in the room with me, they're always fine. (laughs) And it just is, you know, when they have you there, they really want to reach out to you and they, they're desperate for your attention and they think because they know that you can stop any situation. But once they're alone with me, it's very different. They're fine. They're happy. They're comfortable. And more importantly, they're safe. So that is the answer to my number nine question. It's much safer if you actually don't be in the room during the grooming. So this is my number eight question that I always get asked. Isn't it cruel to dye your dog, say, pink or blue or paint its nails? Something that became very popular about 10 years ago is called creative grooming. And these competitions go on all over the country in the most amazing, elaborate ways called creative grooming competitions. And actually, it's completely safe and completely humane and, in my opinion, completely fun. (laughs) The dyes used are made from vegetables and flowers, and it's almost as quick as giving your dog a bath. So if you think it's humane to give your dog a bath, it's equally humane to color your dog. It's sort of um, shampooed in, then you leave it on for about three minutes, you rinse it out. It's the same as giving your dog or your cat a bath. And um, the painting of the nails, which is fun and it's completely safe. They dry extremely quickly. They're made specifically for cat or dogs so that if they're, I mean, I'm sorry, not for cats. You know, cats' nails retract, so it's really not the same thing. I, I take that back. I retract that statement. 
to make a pun, but um, painting your, your dog's nails. They make, there's something called Paw Pedicure and Paw Pals and these products that are made specifically for dogs. So that if they, you know, chew their nails, if a little gets in their mouth, completely pet safe, pet friendly, they dry hyperly quickly. And in fact, they dry so quickly that I have used the uh, pet nail polish on my own nails because I figure it dries quickly. So actually, it is absolutely safe. It is absolutely humane. And I think that if you want your pet to be a representation of your personality, and it's just going to make you love your pet more and spend more time with them, I say all steam ahead, completely humane. And I took a master class a little while ago at a grooming conference, and I watched the woman that sort of started this whole craze of creative grooming and she is about the most compassionate woman I think that I have ever met and so the thought that it is cruel would never cross her mind and so it never crosses mine. So here's the number seven question that I always get asked and that is what is hand stripping? (laughs) So hand stripping is done on double coated terriers and that just means the hair is plucked out instead of cut. And the reason that that is done is because the hair is a different texture from the root to the tip on a double-coated terrier. At the root, it is very soft and hollow. And at the tip, it is pointy and coarse. So if you cut it, all the hair is soft and the skin is not protected properly. It sheds and lets go of that undercoat much worse. But if you pluck it out, as it grows back in, that coarse hair will cover the skin, protect the coat, and also keep it from shedding, and that's what's called brackish. So when you hand strip a dog, you're plucking that hair out instead of cutting it. So that's what hand stripping is, and that's done on terriers like Karen, Norfolk, Norwich, Irish Terrier. If you have a hair where you could pull the hair out instead of um, cutting it, then you know that's a dog that you can actually have hand stripped. We're running out of time, so I'm going to answer one last question, and here is my number one question. How do I get rid of tear stains? I probably could do an entire show on how to get rid of tear stains. My number one tip, but I have one more for you after this, how to get rid of tear stains, and that is brush your dog's teeth. I know that sounds silly. However, there's a little tube. The tube goes from the tear duct all the way down through the nose of your dog. So when your dog's gums are swollen, and as we talked about before, two-thirds of every pet in America has gum disease. So when the gum is swollen, those gums press up against that little tube and they block the tear duct. So when the tears can't come out through the nose, they spill out through the eye and cause a tear stain. So if you can brush your dog's teeth (laughs) and eliminate that swelling, then the tears will go from the tear duct and through the nose and not down the eye of your pet causing a tear stain. That's the number one tip. Every time I give that, the next month the dog comes back for grooming with no tear stains. Now, if you have a dog with perennially, with a constantly, you know, blocked tear ducts, like a Maltese or sometimes bred that way, a lot of dogs just have naturally blocked tear ducts. Here's a great tip for you. Make sure you don't use tap water in their bowl or mix it with their food because the iron that is in the tap water stains. So if there's a constant stream of iron down, you know, your white, the white face of your dog, it will eventually stain. So since you cannot unblock that tear duct, and I don't recommend surgery because just aesthetics and come on now. <laughs> so if that tear duct is blocked naturally, just go ahead and put a little bit of bottled water 
spring water in your bog bowl, eliminate the iron, thus eliminating tear stains. So I am all out of time. I've had such a great time and thank you so much for joining me on this first episode of Room for Improvement. I want to thank our sponsors and our producers for making this possible and I will see you next time. Thanks so much. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.